everybody. Welcome back to the board game mechanics. We're still here. The restrictions have been lifted. And so we're going to keep doing the podcast from our house. Anyway, uh, I'm Katie and with me as always is. Hey guys, what's going on? It is Jason. All right. I hope everybody's still hanging in there, staying safe. As the pandemic continues. Uh, here in Ohio, there's some lessening of restrictions, but we're still trying to be smart, keep everybody safe, do our social dis- distancing. My sister actually made Jason and I some cool masks so we can sport them to the grocery store. Yeah, My Little Pony. Yeah, Jason's got his own My Little Pony mask that he can wear. Mine has little geisha yeah. girls on it, and it's so cute. So cute. Oh, that should be it. I think, guys... We need like game, board game themed masks or just post your pictures of you and your masks on the Riveted because I just want to see them. There's a lot of Cthulhu masks. I think that's They're it. They're kind of cool. Like, I mean, like Meeple, are, are, is there Meeple fabric? Because some of those you have to like, you can get specially made and that's like crazy town. But I just want to see what everybody's wearing. What are you sporting? Anyway, uh, let's talk about news because I really am out of any kind of zany banter tonight. It was a rough day at work. But on a brighter note, I did find some orange slices at Meyer, And they're almost as good as the Speedway ones. So that's a high note for me. Almost. 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 But what can you do? Speedway's let me know. <laughs> they're going to get tagged in this one again. <laughs> Speedway letting us down. All right. So news. I'm going to cover the news today. It's um, a couple pieces of bummed out information and then just some information, I guess. So the first things I want to talk about are Gen Con and Essen getting canceled for this year, which kind of stinks. Um, Essen technically says, yeah, Essen said they're postponed until next year, which means you're canceled, (laughs) but they're German. So maybe that's what they think that means. I don't know. Maybe got lost in translation. The post was in English, so I, I don't know. Well, I mean, someone translated from German to English, Chase. Duh. Oh, I get. Yeah, I guess. But it was like a whole like, um, like the thumbnail had Scrabble tiles that said postponed and stuff. It was, it was crazy. So it was clearly like the word they wanted to use. And Gen Con canceled. I'm sad. We were going to get to go for free this year after my um, hissy fit. My hissy fit last year, not knowing what the requirements were. I was an agent of change. Okay. <laughs> I've made, You'd like to think that. I'm going to say that, and I'm going to stick to it, because as far as I know, it was my pestering of an email every day for like a month to this lady that caused them to put guidelines on their website. So that was me. Right. I mean, there's always next year, and I think it'll be okay. I mean, really. And they're doing what they think is best, and so we'll see. Origins was just postponed till October. Um, but who knows if that'll actually happen either. But as much as we want to get together, it is hard to have a con where people get sick in general anyway after those because of the travel and all the people touching the same pieces. So you'll have that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure UK Games Expo is canceled too, but that's old news. So I didn't include it here specifically, but I didn't want people to think that I left it out. But this was just what happened this week with the Essen and Gen Con pieces. Yeah, I mean, we'll try Essen, we'll try Gen Con 2021. And maybe maybe we'll even get to Essen 2021. Wouldn't that be 
interesting. Living big. We're gonna be the ne- we're gonna be the next dice tower. No, we're not. I don't even know how I could get you on a plane to go to <laughs> SN twenty twenty one. We're taking a boat. <laughs> we better start now. <laughs> All right, so moving away from the sad news, let's talk about the games that were nominated for the Spiel and the Kinner Spiel. Because they were just released, I think, on Monday of this week that we're recording. Mm. And there are six games. Three for the Spiel, three for the Kinner. The Spiel nominees are Nova Luna, which I believe is a Uwe game. My City, which I think is a Reiner Knizia game. And then Pictures, which I probably should have looked up, but it sounds like it's a party game. Just from the name. So I'm going to say it's a party game. There's usually at least one party game in this mix. And I know Nova Luna and My City are not party games, so I'm going to say Pictures is. Uh, I haven't played any of those. We haven't played any of those. I've never even heard of two of them. So, yeah, that's that. Yeah, um, I- I've seen some pictures of Nova Luna, and the art is really is really pretty. Right, yeah, it looks fine. It's just not something that we've played, or I don't even know anybody that has it other than some people on the Riveted. So, the Kinnerspiel, which is the heavy games, heavier games, because none of these games are heavy, but... <laughs> Whoa. Coming from your high tower of heaviness. <laughs> They're not. They're really not. Uh, so those three games are The Crew, which is a cooperative trick-taking game. We actually do have a copy of that here that we'll play eventually because we have to make a video. It has, and it has space on it, so I already don't want to play it. It's it's cards with numbers. It's a trick-taking game. The theme is irrelevant. But the box has space on it. The theme is relevant to me. I just... And, and this is the problem. This is why Jason does all the YouTube reviews, because I realize that I get hung up on stuff that about games that I probably shouldn't. Yeah. So every game, if Katie was reviewing it, would have a four, a four out of ten, because it had either terrible art or bad theme or something. Well, only if, it, if they did have terrible art or bad theme. Well, that's like 90% of the games we review. Well, there you go. <laughs> Guess you have your answer. Uh, uh, the next Kinner game, Kinner Spiel game, is Cartographers, which is a roll and write game. So I oh. don't know how that is heavy. Yeah, that's what seems weird to me. Yeah, and then the King's Dilemma. I don't know a ton about it, but I know it's kind of a game where you're. It's like a storytelling game, kind of, where you have to like pick different paths to see what happens and to move through the story. I don't know a lot about it, but I know it has some story elements. So still doesn't seem heavy to me, I guess. Is that like the lady in the tiger dilemma? I don't know. I, I have no idea. I don't know anything about it. But those are the Spiel nominees, if you care. Um, I don't particularly care, but I feel like some people may. I mean, we'll play games regardless if they won the Spiel or not. Yeah, and right. sometimes, right. to be fair, the thing, games that win the Spiel aren't that great. Um, they just have me the hotness. A Pictures is sort of a party game. Because everyone tries to copy a picture with one of these, like, five different, like, building materials. Um, And then each player then decides which of the displayed pictures was copied. Oh, interesting. So it's it's pretty much language dependent, aside from the rule book. So it seems like an interesting thing. It'll probably be the winner. That sounds like the one that will win. And, like, I'm not even mad about it. Like, I think I I would be interested in that. Um, Cartographers looks like it's a bit... A more of an in-depth because it's called cartographers a role player tale um because you're making this map it seems like is this the same one yeah it's it's it. in the role player universe it's like a roll and write game in that universe 
It might be from well, and I, it might be from the same guy. I don't know. It's um, Jordy Adden. Oh no, designer. that's that's not the same guy. Thunderworks Games. Same company, yes. Okay. Um. So you're earning stars by drawing maps on the drawing on the, their map sheets to get reputation by doing these things. It seems like a leveled up roll and write. I like the theme, so I'd rather play this than the space one. Yeah, I just I just rather play none of them really. But it, this one looks like um, a lot of people like it as a solo game. So maybe Cartographers is something to check. Yeah, that's cool. It says 1 to 100 players. That's a pretty <laughs> big range. But it also says the weight is 1.91 out of 5 on BoardGameGeek. That's not heavy. That's like light. How is that Kenner Spiel? That's like, like pa- how? paper thin light. Ugh. Yeah, that is really light. I don't, I, I feel like. And I don't know the qualifications for a Spiel de Jar nominee. Yeah, me neither. Or a Kenner Spiel. Like, what do they define as what makes something Kenner or not? Is it like complexity? Like, yeah, if a regular roll and write is a 0.5 out of 5. So, yeah, 1.91 is definitely, you know, a heavy roll and write. But if it's not even ranked a 3, rated a 3, it shouldn't even be in that category. That's nuts. Again, I feel like. A lot of those awards, well, they may be nice. And so if we ever win like a Golden Geek Award, I know I'm going to change my tune. Probably not. But they're arbitrary and whims change and what what people like in board gaming change. And the people that are voting on those are usually either the haters or the fanatics. You don't have the middle of the road people. Um, and so for most of us, like if it's a good game, we'll play it. Like I like to hear what other people have to say. Um but I'm ultimately going to be the one to decide if I think a game's worth it or not. Yep, true. The whole award system, ashes. Yep, it's dead to us. All right, <laughs> what's not dead to us is games that we were playing, so let's just move on to that. Well, I hardly have anything to say in this segment because apparently I didn't play any games with you. Technically, you That's did. what this looks like. You did, there's one. <laughs> one i know i i know i played more games right or what was i doing clank legacy a whole bunch we can't keep talking about that (laughs) uh hey guys just so you know i'm still playing games it's just all clank legacy so we need to take some time before we record a podcast and at least play like a couple games yes because i have so oh so much i know which is why i'm going to talk about two games that i've played by myself (laughs) so i'm going to talk about two games that i played by myself or with a buddy and then there's one game that we did play together that katie can chime in on well i mean she can chime in on the other ones but she didn't play them but she i can still chime in you can't stop me that's true so the first game that i played without katie it's a two-player game i played it with my buddy brandon and it's from dr finn's games and it's called nanga parbat i'm not sure how you say it um that sounds right it looks right it's a mountain in the Himalayas. Right. So what you're doing in this game is each player is trying to climb up this mountain, the Nanga Parbat, and you're trying to collect different types of animals for food and skin. And the and the way you're doing that is you're going to be moving this little guide around to one of the six sections and or regions, and then in that region you're going to pick an animal. Each of the animals are different types of animals and have different colors. And then you're going to put that on your board, and then each animal has a different special ability that they can do. So some may let you move the guide to a different region. You may be able to swap some of your your hikers that you get out. And when you collect an animal, you're going to put a hiker down in that space. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to get hikers that are adjacent to each other to create this big, like, camp. 
you want to set up a camp. So you need to get at least three people next to each other to set up a camp to score some points. So the game ends when either someone has all their people out on the board or all of their scoring cubes. You have five scoring cubes that can score for a camp size, different sets of animals, or the same sets of animals. So it's a kind of a little like area control game and set collection game that plays in about 20 minutes. Dr. Finn's pretty good at those fast two-player games, and the, the one we played was a prototype, but it still looked pretty nice. So Nanga Parbat will be hitting Kickstarter later this year, and we have a video of it on YouTube if you want to check it out. Did you like it? Yeah, I like it. I, I think it's fun. It's it's essentially set collection. So I, I like, I'm like i a sucker for set collection anyway. and I So yeah, it was fun. I mean, I, the theme and stuff I think is really cool, and when you guys were telling me about it after you played it, I thought it sounded really interesting. Um, when you just now just said area control, I was like, Ugh. but if it's mostly set collection, I can handle that. Yeah, the area control is minimum. Like you're not really fighting with anybody. You're just trying because it's only two players, and there's a lot of places you can go. You're just trying to basically set yourself up so you can connect with some of your other hikers. So you're kind of playing area control with yourself, and you're trying to figure out how to get to be able to put your own guy down next to your own guy, which is a little different, but it, it, it functions like area control. Um, are there shaped meeples, though, is what I need to know. Yep, every animal has its own shape. I'm down. This game's awesome. There are six animals, I think. Six different animals. That's amazing. Yeah, six different... Do you have little shaped hikers? Uh, right now, in this one, they were only meeple shapes, and I think that might be what they are, but they are meeples, and then the t- camps look like little tents, so everything is, is shaped pretty accurately. I love it. Everybody get this game. <laughs> it's a it's a cool game. And yeah, it's it's an interesting theme too, which is nice that it's I a like that. different theme. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. Cool. So you can lead into this next one. Okay, a game I actually played. But that Naga Parbat man shaped meeples. I don't need to play it to know it's good. <laughs> this game has shaped meeples too. That's true, but they always fall over. That's true. And the game we played is Gem Hens. We've talked about this before. Um, because everyone apparently in our friend group has played it but me. I don't know how I missed all the plays of Gem Hens. Uh, all of the plays. That's true. This is your first time. I forgot. Every time <laughs> we talk about games played, I think, where have I been? Like, where am I when all this these games are happening? And I wasn't, like, I don't leave you, even out of pandemic. I'm like, where was I when I played these games? But I did play Gem Hens. Um, so Gem Hens is a set collection game, essentially. You've got a Fabergé egg and you have a chicken and the chickens are top heavy, FYI. So the chickens go out and these chickens are awesome because they can find gems in the ground. So you can your chicken goes out and scratches up some gems. You're collecting them and putting them in different groupings in your Fabergé egg. And so completing groupings um, of like more rare gems is worth more points. And you're rolling dice then to decide what kind of movements you're doing. So certain numbers dictate if you're going to move one space, two space, three spaces, if you're going to scratch and get more gems on the board. Um, or I still don't understand what the sixes do. I need to play this again. Yeah, the sixes just help you get a uh, pecking order to determine if you're going to go first or last. So based on, it's like if I have three sixes in my six box on my board, then I re-roll them and I get, I roll a 14 and everybody else only rolls like three or four of their one six and I would go first because I have the highest number from my sixes it's a little convoluted but that's what it is 
Yeah, I was really confused about the rolling part because I just rolled my dice and placed them. And like then I thought it said on the board, re-roll sixes. So I re-rolled the sixes that I got and then just put the rest where they fell. Uh, but apparently that's not how you play. But I came in second for my first time while still being vague on the rules. So I feel like I did okay. Yeah, I think I won this one actually, which was rare. I know. I should have beat you though, but I was obviously confused yeah, on the rules. You were confused on the sixes. And the sixes are actually pretty helpful. So yeah. But yeah, uh, we have sure. a, we have a video for this one on our channel too if you want to check it out. And we've talked about it before. It's it's good. It has pretty fun little components and stuff, and it definitely is like a novel kind of theme, which I do I do like. So I would definitely play this again since I'm the only person that's only played this one time in our board game group. Yeah, I, I will give this game that it has an interesting theme about chickens that eat like gym grain and poop out Fabergé eggs. <laughs> They're not pooping them out. Chickens don't poop I'm eggs. They say, lay them. I'm saying that they're pooping it out, okay? Okay, you're like our daughter who I am. talks I'm, about I'm, poop I'm and a 12-year-old all boy. All right, so we'll stick a... F- a game I did not play. Yeah. another game. next? Another game Katie didn't play. And what you were doing when we were playing these is you were out at the fire. You were chatting. Oh, my fire pit. Guys, interrupting games we play to talk about our fire pit. So I finally wore Jason down to buy me a fire pit and not a chintzy one like a nice one with like a tile edging so you can put your drinks there set your feet on it um it has a grill grate so we can cook right on it or we're not using it it has like this little topper so it becomes like an end table for outdoor use it's so great guys i like to sit around the fire and talk so while katie was that's what i did while katie was doing that i was playing games with my buddy brandon and the second game that i played before we played clank legacy is called Liberation of Reitberg or Reitberg. I'm not sure how, how you pronounce it. I don't know why people can't na- just name games like easy words, like Liberation of France or Liberation of England. Some- because they like to use actual geographic places, turd. So is France and England. It's a real, they're real places. But the city is what's important. Just because you're uneducated on how to pronounce foreign words doesn't mean that they should change the title. I don't even think this is a real place. I think it's a fake place set in the Andor universe. Oh, I'm looking it up. All right. Well, you, while you do that, I'll tell you what the game is. So this is a cooperative game. I think it's two to five. I have the box right over here, but two to four. It's two to four players. It has like six characters, so I just assumed you could play more. But what you're doing in this game is you are basically trying to defend this town Reitberg or Reitberg from these incoming baddies. So you're going to have like trolls coming. You're going to have some wraiths coming in. You have some floggers. I'm not sure how you pronounce that, but there are a whole bunch of monsters that are coming in to try to overrun the city. What you're doing is you're playing a card from your hand. that's going to give you three different types of actions that you can do. I may be able to move. I may be able to fight a baddie. I may be able to flip some of the cards that are face down because when the game is set up, you're going to have some cards face down and some face up. And you have to get to the bottom of each of the stack on these six areas to get to this task card. And the way you win is by defeating four of these six task cards before the timer deck, which is called the narrator deck, runs out. So you're doing these actions, moving around the board, fighting these baddies, linking up with your friends who are playing to help beat these big, strong baddies. Um, It's just a, a cool cooperative puzzle, and it was enjoyable. So... If you like the Andor universe and you like cooperative games, check out the liberation of Reitberg, Reitberg, Retberg. I believe Reitberg is correct. And it actually is a ruined hillside castle on the edge of the Palatinate Forest above the village of Rot in Andor, Germany. 
Andor. No. Sudleich Weinstrasse is in uh, the county. All right. Well, it's, in, it's, in, it's in Germany. That's cool. It's a real place. The game is fantasy, but set in a real place. So that's cool. Yep. There you go. Reitberg. So, okay, I don't know if you'd like this one or not. It's cooperative. It's kind of like a it's it's like a puzzle game where you're trying to figure out the best way best move to make the most efficient use of your cards because the main mechanism here is you have a hand of 3 or 4 cards. And when you play all your cards, you have to pick them up and then the narrator card is going to flip and it's going to refill some baddies out on the location. So, you're trying to beat all these baddies before you have to pick up your cards 10 times because then you're going to lose the game. So it's just, yeah, I, yeah it's, it's a tricky puzzle of efficiency. I don't know, because I like to think that I like puzzles, but then every time I play a game that's like that, I feel like I'm a moron. So I don't know. Also, um, it feels like this game might beat you up a little bit, and I don't like that in games when they're really mean to me. It's actually not that bad, really. It seems mean, but it, it it's manageable. Okay. Yeah, it, it's not it's not like Robinson, Robinson Crusoe mean or Black Orchestra mean. It's not like that. Okay, good to know. Maybe one of these days I'll actually play them instead of doing other things. <laughs> Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Maybe next week I'll have played some games. We do have a long weekend, so it's a good possibility. All right. So this week we want to continue on our BGM Essentials, not to be outdone by the man with the stupid hat and vests. We thought we'd create our own oh, man. essentials. We haven't ragged on Tommy V in a long time. <laughs> I don't want to brag on him. I mean, I <laughs> feel like he's an okay guy. I just don't like him as a board game figure. Yeah. And as a person who dresses. He's garish, yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Why? I, I, can't, I can't get started on that. I can't get on my soapbox about the fashion disaster that is Tom Vassell's fashion choices. Yeah. Or not choices. Yeah, I say we just we just move past it. We just move past it. But we will talk about board, um, BGM Essentials. So these are games. Um, we talked about several categories last week um, of games, types of games we think you should own, and then a few of our favorites in those categories. Um, so tonight we're going to start off with co-op games. And as a rule... We do not own many of these games because we do not like to play cooperatively. We are cutthroat people who want to play for the win. However, there is a time and place for co-op, and there are some in our collection that we really do enjoy. And co-op is also a nice way to get people to game that maybe wouldn't because they like the idea of you kind of working with them, um everyone having like a common goal and a lot of people that are especially low conflict they really like that um jason doesn't like these because someone's like quarterbacking and telling everyone else what to do which i really haven't found that to be true when we play cooperative games but i'm sure it does happen yeah i i I just don't like the possibility of it being able to happen i think and i always feel like i have to make sure that I'm not doing it because I just want to play the game and get it going. So, yeah, it's just a struggle for me. Internal struggle. Right. And I refuse to let anyone tell me what to do on my turn. So I'm never going to be quarterback. So it doesn't bother me (laughs) because I'm a rebel. That's right. I do what I want. But in cooperative games, I do like when working together, there's that solidarity between people. And I love building relationships because I'm just a carrier like that. So my favorite co-op game Jason picked and I decided to let him have it. Um... So really, my, I, I don't know, this was really difficult. Wow, I'm actually surprised by that. I thought the one you had on here was your favorite one. No. Oh, the okay. one that you picked is my favorite. Gotcha. All right, cool. 
Um, but my runner-up, and I have kind of two, but my runner-up would be Harry Potter Battle for, Ho- Battle for Hogwarts. This is a deck builder, which I love, and there are lots of deck builders out there that are cooperative. But I love this one because it's super immersive. Now, this game is mean, which is a lot of cooperative games and another reason why I don't like cooperative games. But if you are a Harry Potter fan, this game is like your dream. And so it's nice because there are people that may not normally play board games, but they know Harry Potter. And so they're willing to play their favorite character. And then you can also scale this back where you only play with a few boxes unless you're a freak like Jason, just combine everything in one so we can never go back. It's the only way to do it. And the game is brutally punishing. Um, But if you wanted to kind of slow someone into it to teach them deck builders, um, I think this is a really, has really great mechanisms for that. Um, The art is from the movies, which, you know, it's fine. But a lot of people have seen the movies and maybe not read the books. Um, It's super thematic, which is why I love it. Um, and like, I'm always Hermione Granger, so I get to be her and I get to, you know, use her time turner and I get to, um, you know, use Tales of the Beetle Bar. Like, I just really love that. And then you're working together to defeat the truly evil Voldemort. And that feels good too, when you can hit him. And it's, it's just a good game. So my pick is Harry Potter Battle for Hogwarts. Do you want to talk about your other, uh, honorable mention before I go into mine? No. All right. I'll talk about it when you're done. All right. So my... Favorite co-op game. And this is the first one that I wrote down, so clearly it is my favorite because it came to my head first. And that is Black Orchestra, which should be no surprise. We talked about that a ton. Um, This is a co-op game. It plays similarly to Pandemic where you have four actions and you're moving around the board trying to get Hitler in certain locations so you can kill him. The goal of the game is to kill Hitler. But the game does slap you around and all of his little minions like... um, Goring, I don't even know their names. There is a Goring, I think. Yep. Yeah, so Goring, Himmler, they'll all show up mm-hmm. and start slapping you around if they get in the same location as you. And it's it's tough. Hitler's military gets strong really fast, and then you got to figure out how to get it down or you're never going to win. Uh, so it's it's a pretty decent puzzle, and you really have to work together because sometimes you have to be in the same location as other people to make the plots work. So... Black Orchestra, super difficult, but one I enjoy the most. And that was also my my first pick. I love Black Orchestra. And I think, again, it's because it's thematic. Like, the idea of fighting against the Nazis, of trying to carry out these plots against Hitler, it's got its basis in, you know, real historical happenings. And you see that playing throughout the game. Um, People can really get into this. And when you're helping each other think about moves, I don't feel like the quarterbacking comes through as much because everyone's like, oh, we could go here, we could go here. And there's very good open dialogue in how the play works. Um, it's it's a really good game. It's awesome. Yep, I agree. So I'll tell you about a couple of my um, honorable mentions and then you can say yours. So a couple other ones that I enjoy, London Dread, which I think I like. We've <laughs> still ta- not, the jury's yeah, still out. Still, I do like it. jury's still out. But I'm not going to go over because we just talked about it. Uh, Rising 5, which is a cool, like, modern version of Mastermind. And another deck builder that I have is Marvel, and it is Legendary. Yeah, um, I like those. I like Marvel Legendary, but I prefer the iterations of Harry Potter for that. But I do really like London Dread. The theme is cool in that. It's got this creepy Victorian steampunk kind of thing that I love. 
And like you really have to work together to solve the puzzle. So it's using everybody's strengths, which I think is great. Um, And then Rising 5, that was definitely my honorable mention. That game is like logic and deduction. And really the way to win is predicated on everyone working together. You can sacrifice cards in other people's turns. Like it is the definition of cooperative. And you don't even have your own player piece. You're all moving, able to move the player pieces that are out there. And so I, I think that that is a really great cooperative game too. Yep. Agreed. All right, so let's move on to probably my favorite section, and that would be heavy games. Um, so Supposed me, Kenner Spiel winners. Yes. So let me caveat this. I ha- could have picked a thousand games for this, but I, True. what I put down was what I felt like I needed to put down because I didn't want to turn my back on my one true love in board <laughs> gaming, and that would be the ICP the deck game building game. <laughs> <laughs> No, so I'll just go ahead and go first. I know your name's listed first, but I'll go ahead and do mine. Um, so this should be no surprise. My number one game of all time is Coimbra. So my heavy game is Coimbra. Uh, now, honestly, it's not super heavy. I don't think it's super heavy, but that's subjective. So this is definitely right. a game. It's heavier than any other game we're going to talk about on this list outside of the games in this section. So it classifies as a heavy game. So this is a dice drafting game. You're moving, you're collecting dice to get income, move up these tracks to hire these people to come work for you on your player board. And you're just trying to do that and move around this map. You're just trying to do that more efficiently than everybody else. And whoever has the most points is the winner. And unlike most Euro games, it has colors and it has interesting art, which adds to it. So my pick is Coimbra. And I love Coimbra too. It is my number two game, I believe, of all time. And definitely a good choice, although I don't feel like it's all that heavy. But again, I feel like we have such a skewed view of what heavy games mean. It does have multiple objectives happening at once. Yeah, I agree. It's not as heavy as even some of my other ones I'm going to mention later, but I still like it. Yeah, so my pick is another game in my top five games, and that is Newton. Uh, Newton is so good. So in Newton, you, I don't, I mean, I think there's theme there, but I'm not very good at identifying the theme actually in Newton. So there's lots of different places to go in Newton where you're putting your workers. It's essentially worker placement and you're trying to use your workers to get money. You need to also move around this map and have people different locations scholars or something i don't know <laughs> it sounds an awful lot like coimbra <laughs> <laughs> it does it does you're moving through these other tracks to gain knowledge you're filling up your board with these books of your certain knowledge but you're you're doing this and you're placing you're you're making your choices of movements based on a hand of cards that you have and everyone we don't all start with the same cards, but the same basic types of cards are there. And so you have to decide, am I going to use these cards to spend to get more cards? Um, What kind of actions do I need? And then you're going to burn a card on every hand. So how do you make sure that you have cards to do all the actions you need in the future um, rounds? It's, um, It's just so good. The theme is barely there, but it's lots of tracks. And again, the reason why I love the games I love for the most part is that they give me their multiplies to victory. And Newton, you can go about it in just about any way you want. I mean, really. 
Yep. Um, and it's, it's just a fantastic game. And the reason why it's so heavy is because there are all these different areas to kind of manage and decide how you're going to get points and what you're going to go after. Um, but so my pick is Newton. All right. You want to talk about your um, honorable mentions? Yeah. I feel like we can't talk about heavy games without mentioning Dear <laughs> Uncle Vital, who yeah. I saw. I saw a picture of him with another fan on like a board game group this week. And I'm like, Uncle Vital is looking cute. Like, he, we need to hang out. He seems like such a nice dude. Anyway, um, so my favorite Vital Lacerda game, I think, the one that you want to talk about is pretty close, but is The Gallerist. And I would definitely say it's a heavy game because I don't know that Vital Lacerda knows yeah. how to make it on a heavy game. Right. Correct. To, yes. be, <laughs> to be honest. So there are actions, like you have a goal and you know what you want to do, but in order to do that thing, you have to do three or four other things. Um so at heart, you are maintaining a, an art gallery and you want to discover new artists and get their pieces popular and sell them at, at markets. Um, you want to get people into the, your gallery. You want to get certain types of people into your gallery. You want to get fame and then you want to spend fame. And it, uh, so many things happening. So all the things. But I think the theme is unique and fun. I think that just that thinkiness, uh, the brain burning of, okay, I know I need to buy an artist. In order to buy an artist, I need to get money. In order to get money, I need to figure out how to sell this painting. In order to sell this painting, I need to make sure that there's a place in the market that I can go. It, it, it's just crazy town, but in such a good way. So that's the gallerist. Another one I really love is Trismegistus. And this honestly might have been my choice if I played it more because I've only played it like once, maybe twice. Trisma Justice, alchemy based. You're taking um, dice from these pools to transmute things, move things through the cycle, um, and you decide kind of how and what you're going to fulfill. Um, it, it, it is also thinking in a different way. It reminds me more of Newton because you're manipulating tracks and you can um, bounce off of other people's turns. Um, I don't even. I don't even remember this game well enough, except that I really like it, and it's kind of hard. <laughs> yeah, right. It's heavy. It's for sure heavy. It is, but um, in, in such a good way. Like, it's just, it, it makes you think, how am I going to use my resources effectively? What's going to give me the best yield? And some people, sometimes you don't want that. I get that. But if you're looking for a heavy game to make you think, Trism Justice is a great one. Yeah, All right, I babe. I agree. So I'm going to subtitle this section, the games of the Italians and Vital Lacerda. <laughs> Basically. Because uh, my second game that I want to talk about, not my favorite Vital game, but it's probably one of the heaviest ones, and that's Lisboa. Uh, you're going to play a card, you're going to draw a card, and then when you play that card, you're going to do about 900,000 things. So you're trying to build, rebuild the city of Lisboa. You're trying to build certain types of buildings down the street. You're trying to earn favor with the architect, the city manager, and the king to try to let use one of their nine actions that they can do. There's a lot going on. It's super heavy, but it's really good, and it all flows together really well. And the other game I want to talk about is Marco Polo, The Voyages of Marco Polo. And it's uh, a dice placement game. You're using your dice to travel around this map to put up some settlements or trading houses. I can't remember what they're called. Trying to get resources, trying to get camels, trying to fulfill contracts. It's everything that's good about a Euro game with some cool... Um, you can still always go to the place, but you got to pay a tax. So no place is ever really blocked, but it might get expensive. And I kind of like that. 
it depends, you know, do I want to go to that place? How bad do I want to go to that place? Or do I just do something else? So those are my two honorable mentions. Yeah, I really love Lisboa. It's so good. Like, it's approaching how I feel about the gallerist, but it's not quite there because I have nostalgia for the gallerist for some reason. Um, but also, like, Marco Polo, I feel like Lorenzo Il Magnifico is very similar. Yes, it, and it is. it plays the same way. And it's also very heavy because you're ch- – and for me, heavy is about managing multiple, um, like, goals, tracks, things happening, and also about being economic in your choices. You only you usually only have a few moves and you have to use them effectively in order to win. Okay, um, our next category is two player games, which surprisingly Jason and I don't have a ton because we actually just play heavy euros at two. Because <laughs> that's what and, you should do. Because we're not savages or masochists. But there are some two player games that we do really like, and one of the first two player games that we played, and really an early game in our collection, is Seven Wonders Duel. I love this game. I hate Seven Wonders, and I actually hadn't played it before we got Seven Wonders Duel because a lot of I'd read a lot of reviews about people saying it was a great two-player game, and we were playing the two of us. So it has this great way of laying cards out in different pyramid shapes where when you take one, you can open up opportunities for new cards to be flipped over. You are trying to kind of, in my opinion, your set collecting, your engine building – because you want to get cards in your tableau that generate your resources so that you can build wonders and also link up and buy better cards that give you either more things or more points. So I like the decisions in here. I like, again, the different paths to victory. It's just a cool game. So Seven Wonders Duel is my choice for two players. Yeah, I agree. I was going to put this on mine, but I figured it would probably be yours. So I went with uh, the one that I picked. And the one that I picked is... I don't play it a ton, but I really do enjoy it, and it is called Caper. So this is a two-player drafting heist game, but really what you're trying to do is you're trying to do a tug-of-war over these different locations by drafting villains or thieves and different types of spy gear to try to let your thief be better at heisting than your other player's thief. yes i think is a verb (laughs) that's essentially what it is it's just you're trying to have like more influence on your side of each location to score the location and you're also trying to get different types of paintings or art or something i can't remember if it's artifacts or art or whatever but you're doing a little bit of set collection which i dig so it's drafting set collection has some really amazing art and it's just it's enjoyable so that's caper this is such a great game. I mean, Keymaster always makes really cool games with awesome art and like fun themes. And Caper is definitely no exception. I love the the gadgety feel, the way that the rule book looks like an, uh, a mail order magazine. It's just, it's dope. It's good. Yep, I agree. Uh, so my uh, honorable mentions are Lost Cities, which I don't think you've played at all. No, I don't think so. Uh, Which is a game where you're trying to, again, trying to get most influence on one side of these different locations. It plays a little bit differently, but it's the same kind of concept, like a tug-of-war deal. And then Holmes, Sherlock, and Mycroft, which is a two-player worker placement game and set collection, which is pretty interesting. You're going to these people from the Sherlock Holmes universe and doing some things. Like, they're going to let you get different types of clues. They're going to let you trade out some cards. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to collect sets of numbered clues 
to try to have more than your opponent to score the most points. Uh, it's pretty fun. We played it a lot, like a couple years ago. We haven't played it that much since, but it's a good game. So home Sherlock and Mycroft. Uh, home uh, Sherlock and Mycroft. That was like I think the first game we ever bought at Origins, and so it has special place in my heart. It's fun, so quick and easy, but we played it a lot because it takes up such a small footprint. That's a good time. Lost Cities. I must have been sitting around a fire instead of playing it because <laughs> probably never played it. <laughs> All right, the next category is one of my favorites. Jason is all about the heavy games. I love deck builders. So it was a really difficult for me to choose. And I sort of have two as my choice because... Um, uh, because. So everyone knows I love Tonto Quarry. It's no secret. Yes, I realize it makes no sense. There are scantily clad maids on it. I'm a super feminist. Um, but you know what? If you want to dress as a scantily clad maid, you should have the right to do that. I will say that right now. Sweet. I know what I'm wearing tomorrow. Um, don't make it weird. See, you had to make it weird. <laughs> you had to go there. I was standing up for women's rights and you had to get weird. Uh. Um, I also, my favorite of the Tonto Quarries, I like the base game for sure, but the Winter Romance game, which includes the butlers, I'm all about because of the equality in gender there. And the artwork is really great. I like the mechanic of making couples and you're going on dates. So you're doing something different with the maids. I like and the butlers, I like a lot of the powers that the butlers have. I think they really make the game great. Now, I know that Tonto Quarry is not something that everyone wants to bring into their home. I get it. And some of you are too excited to bring it to your home. So that's a whole other story entirely. So another deck builder that I love is Heart of Crown. Still anime. However, the artwork is definitely... Um, less boobalicious and um i love the idea of a theme of these princesses are trying to become the nexus in the throne you've got the the female monarchy happening here like queen elizabeth i'm down with that and it's just a great game all the combos of the cards can work really well together not as well as tonto quarry but still really great the artwork is good there's some really neat powers that come out in those cards and it's both a lengthy kind of deck builder and yet quick at the same time because you do spend a lot of time building that deck to get those awesome cards in it and then you're thinning those awesome cards out to get the cards you need to back that princess and um, win the kingdom. So I, I love that kind of two-phase play there. Um, so my, I have, I cheated. I have two choices. Tonto Quarry, specifically Winter Romance, and Heart of Crown. Yeah, those are both good. I would have probably put Tonto on mine, but I knew you were going to talk about it, so... I refrained. Um, so mine deck built mine, mine deck builder, my deck builder. Yeah. <laughs> the deck builder that I picked is probably because we're playing a ton of clank legacy and <laughs> it would be clank. And I put clank in any form. Um, I've played space regular and legacy and the clank flavor comes out in all of them. Legacy is by far the best because it's just has more going on, but if you get any of them, you'll have a good time. You're, it's deck building, but you're also moving through this board trying to collect artifacts and treasures and stuff and trying to get above ground before you die. The dragon comes and burns you alive or eats you or whatever he does. Um, but if you don't want to roll with the fantasy theme, you can always go with some insane clowns. <laughs> and that's the insane clown posse into the Echo Side game. You're never going to find it, but I had to mention it because it's a deck builder and it's awesome. So my real pick is Clank, but ICP is cool too. 
Um, Clank is so good. I'm really enjoying Clank Legacy, of course. Um, but I do like the ICP deck builder. Like, I went into it thinking, oh, here we go. Um, but honestly, the cards work together well. Um, it's a fun play. The problem is I can go through it and just dominate and get to the end condition. But I almost didn't win doing that that one time. So it is a little, it is definitely an easy deck builder. Oh, yeah, for, for sure, for sure. But, but still good. Yeah, best game ever. All right, so the final category that we're going to talk about today is quickly becoming one of my favorite types of games, I think. And I don't know, I just love the feeling. And they are pressure luck, pusher luck, whatever you want to call it. So pressure luck games. Um, these are super fun. You're, it's always exciting. There's multiple ways you can do it. Dice rolls, cards, pulling stuff out of a bag. Just great. So the pick that I picked should be obvious. Quacks of Quedlinburg. It's the big daddy of pusher luck. It was super hot in 2018. And this game, you're pulling chits out of a bag to try to make this potion. But you don't want to pull out too many white ones or your pot will explode and you won't score any points. Um, it's really easy to play. Uh, it it gives you that great feeling of, am I going to bust? Should I stop? Should I keep going? When do I stop? When do I keep going? Do I need to press my luck here because I need a bunch of points? It gives you all that stuff that a good pressure luck game can give you. But it's still a gamery game too. It's not. It, it's a little more complex than some other pusher luck games. So I think that's why I like it. So Quacks of Quedlinburg. Yeah, I had trouble with this category because we do really enjoy press your luck or push your luck games. Um, and so I was like, oh, I should pick one that's super gamery. And I'm like, why? So my right now, my favorite push your luck game is The Gambler. That game is awesome. Oh, yeah. It's so good. I mean, I love the like 70s, like Schoolhouse Rock artwork. Um, it totally is, it has lots of different like mini games, which I do happen to enjoy in a game. Like, I think that's fun. Um, you can teach it to anybody. It's so easy. You got a little dice maraca. I mean. Terrible game, but so fun. It's so, it's, it's a great time. Now, um, for a, maybe a little bit more of a game in the pressure luck category, um, fool's gold is one of my favorites because I love that it's a mining theme. It's got shaped meeples. Um, oh man. The, the first player pickaxe is my favorite thing. Whenever I'm the first player, I'm always like mining for ore on the table or whatever, because I'm a dork, but I love that thing. Um, and it's great in how it simulates mining. And sometimes you find gold and sometimes there's no gold in them. There hills. Sometimes you get silt. Sometimes you get a gem. Sometimes you get fool's gold. Um, I really like that, and it's I think it's a really fun, neat mechanism, and it's a little more of a game. And also, the classic, home stretch, man. I mean, who doesn't love horse racing? That's true. Home, on the ponies. Home stretch is great, which is why I think Gambler's great, because it has horse betting, too. <laughs> yes, it does. So those are my <laughs> honorable mentions. Uh, I have a couple. I probably would have said the Gambler and home stretch, but I forgot actually about the gambler. And then you put it on your list. It's like, ah, oh, dang it. What the heck? <laughs> I, know, I can't believe you forgot. <laughs> I know. So I forgot. So the couple honorable mentions I have is our fire in the library, which is another pulling stuff from bags. Mm-hmm. You're pulling these books from bags, trying to keep them from burning in the library. And uh, you know, the only thing that would make that better, uh, bigger cubes, shaped book meatballs. <laughs> 
So uh, I'm noticing a trend on mine, though, because the next game that I want to talk about as well is also pulling things from a bag, and it's called The Legend of the Cherry Tree. Uh, you're pulling leaves, cherry tree no, leaves, blossoms. Cherry blossoms. Cherry blossoms out of a bag, and you're trying to collect sets of colors without getting too many black ones or you blow up. Uh <laughs> blow up it's a cherry tree this game. is what my that's about? my theme that's the way i see the theme so the cherry bl- blossoms are explosive and if you pull the black ones out you blow up so i like push your luck games apparently that you pull stuff out of a bag and blow up in and katie likes betting on ponies apparently i am a truly <laughs> the gambler yeah i know when to hold them and i know when to fold them <laughs> i probably don't know when to walk away though and i never yeah. run I don't have a lot of money to count, but. <laughs> but I would not do it sitting at the table. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's the wrap up of co-op games. We had Harry Potter, Batter, Harry Potter Battle for Hogwarts and Black Orchestra. Heavy games, Newton and Coimbra. Two player games, Seven Wonders Duel and Caper. Deck Builder, Tonto Cory and Clank. And Press Your Luck gambler and quacks of quedlinburg as well as a bunch of bonus extras so you did a great job pointing out what you thought were essentials from last week's category so what about this week's i'm sure we're missing two player games i'm sure there are i know there are other deck builders out there not everyone owns the icp into the echo side game they should (laughs) maybe um but let us know what do you think do we do a good job? Do you guys have these games? Do you want to own these games now? Huh? Huh? Um, and are there any other categories that we missed? Do we need to do a BGM Essentials 3 with categories of games we haven't covered? Um, whatever you want to talk about, talk to us about. Find our Facebook page. Go to our Facebook group. Hashtag The Riveted. Everyone is so awesome in there. You guys are amazing. And you just make my heart happy. Um, find us on Instagram, on Twitter. Send us a DM. Hey. Uh, and definitely check out our YouTube page. Subscribe. Jason does all the videos. And the next time we get a game, I promise I'll do an unboxing video if I don't look like a train wreck. You know what? I will do it even if I look like a train wreck because I care about you and you are my people. I'm only looking at your hands anyway. So, I mean, you'll be fine. I guess so. I guess that's true. Okay. I'll do it. All right. It's late and my brain is fried. So thanks, everybody. I've been Katie. And I'm Jason. Keep gaming, everybody. Keep gaming. Good evening. Oh, dang it. It's not evening. Cut that out.